Hello and welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's podcast we're going to be talking about TBC, what to do before it's released, what to do during pre-patch, what to do during TBC, that kind of thing. No idea on the title of it, to be honest. It's just TBC in a nutshell. That might that might be an idea, actually. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, we'll get into it. And uh, as always, weekly, we're going to be going through uh, what events are happening within World of Warcraft, what world bosses, etc. So the weekly mythic affixes for this week are fortified. So trash mobs have uh, extra HP and deal extra increased damage. So the bosses are a bit easier, maybe look to proc pride falls for certain um trash packs like big trash packs so definitely keep an eye out for that inspiring so any any mob around this inspiring mob cannot be cc'd cannot be counterspelled so either kill the inspiring mob quick or cc the inspiring mob itself and deal with the like inspiring mob after the pull uh, and finally you got storming and this one's nice and easy. You just dodge the little storms. They aren't going to kill you. They might put you in unfavorable positions that you might not necessarily want to be in. That's what will probably kill you. But just keep an eye out for them. If you get hit by them, it's not the end of the world. Just make sure that you are, you know, not getting put into a place that's not favorable for you. And obviously, you got pride because it is still season one and we're waiting on that patch 9.1 drop. Uh, along with the mythic affixes, you have Wrath of the Lich King time walking dungeons. And obviously these award time walking badges. And uh, there is a Wrath of the Lich King mount that you can get from these time walking badges. So maybe just getting or doing one of the uh, time walking will get you about 500 badges after that, you know, it slows down dramatically. So if you want 500 badges just to sort of save up for the next time, definitely do one time walking this week. Other than that, it's a great way to gear uh, alts, time walking dungeons. For the world boss this week, we have Mortanis. He's the big bone skeleton guy that you find within Maldraxxus that is summoned. So head on over there, get you 250 anima. And definitely take him down. I mean, you want that anima, right? You know, anima drought and everything. And there is a brawl this week. And the brawl is called Deep Six. And basically, it is six people per team. So kind of a... It's double arena, pretty much. It's a... Yeah. It's double 3v3 arena. And uh, there's only a few maps that it can be on. Warsong Gulch, Temple of Kotmogu, uh, Silver Shard Mines, and... Uh, Oh, what is it? Seething Shore. Yeah, the one that you drop out of the, uh, you know, the flying machines. <laughs> so these are the only four maps that are available during this brawl, mainly because the others don't necessarily fit a 6v6 play style unlike these. Uh, I've done it myself. It's a great way to get a little bit of honor. It's a great way to get a bit of conquest. So definitely head in there and uh, do that brawl as you see fit. So, with all of the weekly stuff out of the way, let's get straight into the big, beefy, juicy stuff that we want to get into. So, TBC. 
there's a load of things that you can do before, during, after. You can sort of plan your TBC route if you want. You can do many things during TBC, such as dungeons, quests. But we'll get to that in the like a bit later. But what comes within the pre-patch and what you can sort of play around with are talent changes. So with uh, the pre-patch talent changes, basically you get your extra two rows of talents that come from TBC. You know, when you get to level 70, you get 10 more talent points. They add two rows to the bottom of the talent trees and uh, you can play around with this during classic, pretty much, or classic in abbreviation. Is it abbreviation? I'm pretty sure it's abbreviation. But air quotes, yeah, there you go, I'll, do, I'll use air quotes. But um, the talent changes will alter how you play within classic. Obviously, you're still going to have the same gear, still going to have the same health. And uh, it's the talent changes were mainly used for level 70 players, like in, in mind. So to be level 60 and to have classic gear and no sort of TBC health pools and stuff like that, it makes it a bit weirder in a way because if you're looking to do raids you're gonna have to find out a certain specialization that gives you the most damage the there's a couple other possible specializations that you might want to look into like with mage um you get a little bit of a uh buff in frost but ultimately you want to stick with fire but then again you've got loads of crit stuff within the arcane tree and that crit stuff will be really useful to a fire mage because fire is all about getting your crits and you know building up your ignite from your critical like critical damage so there's a lot of things that you could play about with maybe going to full arcane and then like half fire you can play about with full frost and maybe half fire half arcane that kind of thing so you can really mix and match and uh, this can be done within a pvp scenario as well and uh, talking about a pvp scenario PvP currency is coming to the pre-patch. Now, the old PvP system was basically you earn honour throughout the week and every Wednesday it would be reset. And uh, depending on how much honour you have made and depending on how high you were within the brackets, then it bumped you up this ranking so much percent. So you could earn like we'll give it nice and sort of rounded numbers 10,000 honor now that is shit honor <laughs> but we're going to go with it so 10,000 honor and you have about i don't know 10 people ahead of you in honor so they all earn 20 like 10,000 or above you would be given a certain percent depending on what rank you are of your rank after that week so say you're rank 12 and these people uh, had a little bit more honour than you, you'd be in bracket 2, most likely. And uh, within bracket 2, this is if you're like hardcore ranking, you would get, I don't know, 30% of that honour level up to rank 13. And obviously it only goes to rank 14. But that's sort of how the PvP system worked in Classic. It wasn't the most... Uh, elegant system but it required people to work together to a ridiculous uh, 
sort of exception or not exception a ridiculous like mass let's take a quick break ever thought modern video games should be more interesting at the gaming blender we take randomized genres mechanics and make a new game every episode i've added permadeath we have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be house flipper and with the permadeath of xcom then that owl has to be an action adventure yes Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. It it basically required an entire uh, realms coordination with each other on both alliance and horde and obviously you'd get people helping each other out on each different faction to help boost the um the pool size of uh, the realm and the faction obviously increasing the pool size means that like instead of there being 20 people in this pool and you're in your fifth in this pool it would increase the pool size to like 50 people and you're fifth in this pool. So suddenly you're getting a lot more percentage towards that next rank because out of 50 people, you were fifth instead of out of 20 people, you were fifth. It deems it as you did a lot better in that regard. So that's how the sort of communication and helping each other out or like the entire realm sort of communication came into it. But with obviously TBC prepatch, you get PvP currency. So it's kind of like how it works today. You would go into a battleground or works within Shadowlands now. You'll go into a battleground and you will earn currency. You'll earn honor points. And these honor points in prepatch can be spent on PvP gear because the PvP system or the PvP gear won't be locked behind anything anymore. It will be transferred into, you can buy it with this currency, with this honour currency, and uh, as well with these marks of honour, marks of Warsong Gulch, marks of Arathi Basin, marks of Outerick Valley, that kind of thing. So definitely stock up on the marks of Outerick Valley, marks of Arathi Basin, etc. if you're looking to buy this PvP gear. But within pre-patch, I would definitely recommend grinding as a lot of honour as much as you can and as much as you're willing to do because if you're looking to pvp in uh, the burning crusade having that honor just to immediately buy some pvp gear some level 70 pvp gear will go a really long way and it will help you out from the start immediately and that is a really good way to uh, go about it and plus it's fun to play about with your talents as well with the talent changes in PvP because you can come up with something that you know might one-shot someone. You can go with a survivability sort of talent uh, talent build. You can play around with it, get used to it for TBC level 70 sort of arenas and stuff like that. So next in the pre-patch, there's something that you can do which is level your characters, actually. Now this might just be like a simple one. It's like, why would you level a character in TBC pre-patch and just not start leveling now so obviously in tbc pre-patch blood elves and draenei become available so you can obviously level these characters that you couldn't do before but also in pre-patch 
they give XP nerfs. And the XP nerf is about 30% of the XP needed to get to level 60. And that is massive. Over the span of 60 levels, you've got 30% of an XP nerf. Got 1 million XP that you need to get from level 1 to 60. 30%, 30,000, 300,000. Like, easy. That's gone. That's completely gone. You only need 700,000 to get to level 60 now. That's insane. So definitely recommend leveling characters in pre-patch if you're maybe looking to switch your main in TBC, if you're looking to just level a new ult that you want to have as your main ult for TBC. It's definitely one of them things to start doing in the pre-patch as soon as it drops, as you more than likely have two to four weeks when pre-patch drops. Uh, for the release of the actual TBC classic, I believe. Or at least in my mind, that's how I believe that it will go. So with pre-patch also comes the mount costs. And uh, I mean, this one's very simple. They basically reduce the mount cost by a few hundred gold. And this is insane. So if you're at level 16 looking to buy an epic mount currently, definitely hold off. 100% hold off until the pre-patch comes in because you'll be saving a few hundred gold on this character and if you've got multiple ults that you're looking to buy an epic mount on definitely save it because you'll save a few thousand gold on all of your characters for spending their like epic mount cost and they reduce this because with uh, TBC comes flying and flying in TBC costs 1,000 which is the original uh, epic mount cost. Uh, so 1,000 for 60% flying, and then obviously the 5,000 gold for 280% flying. And there is no 310% flying, but you can get it within the game. It's just they are from rare mounts in uh, uh, raids and such. So Ashes of Alar from Tempest Keep, is it? I'm pretty sure it's called Tempest Keep, yeah. So that's 310%. There's a couple others. The Nether Drakes, I believe, are 310%. So, yeah, there's no sort of 310 flying that you can buy in the game, but there is it within the game, if that makes sense. But definitely hold off for their mount costs as you will save yourself a bit of gold and carry that into TBC with you. Maybe to get some, you know, leveling pieces, leveling gear pieces, maybe to save up for your flying mount even. So another, and talking about mount costs and gold, another thing that you can do in TBC pre-patch is make gold. So with uh, obviously gold being such a big thing within World of Warcraft, you want as much as much of it as you can, but you also want to spend as much as you can because you obviously don't want to be left behind on gear on enchants on different things etc so making gold now if there is absolutely nothing else that you want out of classic is sort of the best way to go you obviously have many different methods if you're a mage you can aoe farm if you're like any sort of class you can farm certain mobs for stuff that's going quite highly on your realm you can farm herbs that are still selling well Uh, arcane crystals are still somewhat decent many different ways to make gold 
And uh, obviously, while you're doing so, you can play around with your talents, which is the first one that I said. So you can uh, obviously obviously experiment with different classes to see if you want to switch your main for the expansion. So many different ways. And there's always the way of uh, a GDKP uh, raid. And uh, if you aren't familiar with a GDKP, basically it's a raid where people bid on the items that drop. And at the end of the raid, the total gold, the total pool of gold is um, added up and divided amongst all of the raiders. So you've got 40 members. So say you get 40 gold, uh, everyone might get one gold, but they might do it differently. They might have, you know, the tanks get 3%. So the tanks might get three gold. Uh, the top DPS might get 2%. And then everyone else gets like 0.5%, so everyone gets 50 silver, that kind of thing. But it's definitely a really good way of making gold. There's a Nax one that I myself have been looking at. And basically the total pool that comes in after a Nax raid is about 70,000 gold. And uh, they divide it amongst uh, raiders differently. They give a couple percent to, you know, tanks and stuff like that. But every raider at least got 1,600 gold plus. And that's insane. That's nearly double what I have. I'm starting to make some gold myself because I want to save up for epic flying. But that just to earn that within two hours of gameplay is really good. Considering you could like do something else. You could grind mobs. For about two hours and make about if you're super lucky with drops at 100 gold <laughs> so yeah it's definitely worth it uh, gdkps if you have them going on your server and some require certain things some require world buffs um obviously all of them require uh consumables flasks maybe stuff like that so definitely definitely if you're looking to make gold i would recommend a gdkp because it's very good, everyone's there for the same purpose, therefore you're not going to get scammed and stuff, so definitely keep an eye out for them. But making gold is such a huge thing within WoW, and it's a very good time to do so within like Classic as a whole at the moment, and in the TBC pre-patch. And uh, another good thing to just do within the game is farm some gear. Farm some gear within the current content, or within old content within Classic. Because some gear that you get from WoW Classic actually does really well within Burning Crusade. A example of this is Mind Quickening Gem from Blackwing Lair, and it's from Vale. This is the only mage trink I'm the only mage in our guild that doesn't have it, which is very sad. But um it basically reduces the cast time of everything by 33%. And this is a percentage. This isn't like two seconds or like it doesn't scale above spells that require level 60 to cast. This is just a flat 33%. And this is really good just within TBC because it's like a mini haste. It's like a mini heroism for me. And uh, yeah, some gear, like I said, just carries on into TBC really well. Another one is the um, Kel'Thuzad Trinket. Because it's uh, uh, damage against uh, undead, which there isn't many undead in the Outlands, I'll give you that. But demons as well. And there's a load of demons in the Burning Crusade. 
I'm pretty sure the entire Outland is full of demons. So it's a good trinket that scales within, you know, leveling in TBC, within endgame content of TBC as well. So definitely look at some gear that might transfer well into TBC and look at prioritising and getting them if you wish to do so. And one of the last sort of things that you need to look out for before TBC is like your professions prep. So with the TBC comes a new profession, dual crafting, and it really shakes up professions as a whole. You get 75 more levels within your profession. You get new uh, materials that you'll need. You get new certain things that you need to farm, more recipes, stuff like that. So definitely look at what you're going to do within uh, TBC professions wise. If you're going to be a miner and an engineer, which is mine, uh, I need to know what I'm going to get. So as an engineer, I can transmute sort of uh, moats of water, moats of fire, stuff like that. And these moats are really useful for other um, professions. I couldn't think of the word there. So I know that that's going to be how I make my gold. And I also know that I can mine certain moats within minerals. And these minerals I need to figure out. And I need to know which minerals are going to be the best to sort of go after, look out for, that kind of thing. But many different things like need to be looked at if you're doing many different um, professions. Like with dual crafting, do you know what you need to start leveling dual crafting? Do you know how much it will cost you? Do you know what you need to sort of pair with it? I can help you with that one, by the way. It is mining. Um so do you want to stock up now? Because if you stock up later, everything might have inflated in price. So that kind of thing. You just want to make sure that you are prepared for what is to come within the professions sort of area in TBC. Because you don't want to be sitting there paying about five gold per copper ore that you can get in Elwyn Forest and leveling your jewel craft into 70 only to move on to tin ore which is 10 gold, and suddenly by the time that you get to 150 in dual crafting, you're bankrupt, that kind of thing. So definitely look and prepare for the future of your professions. And finally, just what do you want to do during TBC? Like, just plan it. So do you want to just go straight into a dungeon? Do you want to go through that dark portal, head straight for Hellfire Ramparts and just dungeon grind the entire way? Do you want to just quest, like not even touch a dungeon at all? Do you want to do a bit of both? Do you want to explore? Do you want to grind mobs? Do you want to, you know, just experience Outland itself? Do you want to experience Shatrath? Do you want to do every quest within TBC? Do you want to do a certain reputation? And if so, do you want to skip uh, leveling efficiently to sort of grind that reputation as you're leveling as much as you can? So there's many different ways that you can go about within TBC, like leveling, just getting to 70. And even what do you want to do at max level? Do you want to raid? Do you want to just do heroics? Do you want to do, you know, PvP? Try and get gladiator? I mean, for me, personally, the way I want to level is a little bit of both. The questing is amazing. I love the questing in TBC. I remember doing it years ago when I first started. I remember doing it now like in the current day sort of levelling. I love the quest in Hellfire Peninsula. 
I can remember pretty much all of them until, yeah, the entrance of Zangamarsh, where you kill all of them boars. You go to that, like, little Draenei uh, ruins place in the top left of Hellfire. I remember all of them sort of quests. And then when Zangamarsh hits, that's when my memory goes blank, because Zangamarsh is a bit of a uh, red flag for me. Don't necessarily like it there. <laughs> but I want to do a bit of dungeons. So it'll most likely be I'll do Hellfire Ramparts a couple times, Hellf uh, Blood Furnace a couple times, and then when I hit Zangamarsh, I might just do, you know, the Zangamarsh dungeons just to grind through it, because I don't necessarily like Zangamarsh as a whole. So maybe just skipping the quest there might be the best way to you know experience it in my regard so i've got kind of a foundation of a plan laid out i don't really know where i'll go from there next i've always wanted to do blades edge and then go to netherstorm but i'm more comfortable with going down to terracar forest and then on to nagrand and then from there going to wrath lich king content because i started very early wrath and very, very late TBC, like super late. So I never really experienced the end zones of TBC, which is Shadowmoon Valley and uh, Netherstorm. So to do them and level in them, do the quests in them, will be a new experience for me. And that they are the only parts that I know for certain that I want to do. And that is what I'm trying to get into my plan for TBC. And that's what I really want to achieve, pretty much. But that is all we have time for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, please do check out the Pig and Whistle Patreon. It's currently been like redesigned. You can support the channel from as little as £1 a month. There's loads of podcasts going up on there weekly. So definitely see to it that you're at least checking it out. And the little bit extra really helps. And check out the Pig and Whistle Twitch, actually. Uh, I've been streaming quite a lot recently with the new introduction to the PC. And uh, all of the highlights have been going up on YouTube. Loads of shorts going up. So definitely check all of that out as well. The links can be found on the Pig and Whistle website. You know where to find it. www.pigandwhistletales.com Thank you all very much for listening as always. And go with Valor, friend. Goodbye, all.